Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 16 of the Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts about that show with you, the listeners. <laughs> my name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, man. It's a beautiful day out. Kind of, sort of. It's gray, but it's warm-ish. Yeah, it is. It's still Christmas weekend. Still Christmas weekend, still riding that residual Christmas afterglow. Things are good. I've got another week off of work, which is fantastic. That is very exciting. I've still got my tree yeah. up, and it's all lit. It's wonderful, and it's in the other room, and I, I can't look say. at it until we are done recording this. <laughs> the sacrifices I make for you people. Um. Anyway, so today, Dave, we are watching episode 16. It's called Revolt of Paper. Okay. And normally, before we get into that, Dave, they're shining in the heavens, our five stars. And I would ask you what the first yes. star of the week is. But uh, as previously discussed, uh, this is Christmas weekend. And yep. we have kind of been putting off recording. And we do not have a whole lot of uh, time or energy to think up five stars this week. So instead of that, we are going to give ourselves a little bit of a Christmas present. And uh, just uh, skip that bit. <laughs> Hey, listen, yeah. last year you didn't get, get an episode at all on Christmas, so, you know. Yeah, we're up. It's 2015. We're upping our game. Stay tuned. Next week, we will be revealing 2016's slogan. Yes, 2015, up your game, we'll be over. We'll be moving on to bigger and brighter futures. 20, uh, 2016. Uh, so next week, uh, the things that we were going to talk about this week, we'll probably end up talking about next week, so. Star Wars, talk about Star Wars obviously. Proper. We're probably getting Christmas yeah, presents. Getting a little Christmas talk. Yeah. Um. The there's been some new information coming out about next year's uh, Super Sentai series that I was going to share yeah, with you. So we'll I talk saw about that. that I saw bit. some of that on Facebook. Want to check that out? Uh, sometime in the next week, I will try to figure out how to pronounce it. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be a toughie. It looks weird. Yeah. And um, sadly, the actor who played uh, Master Kaku from Die Ranger passed away about a week ago. Oh, yeah. So we were going to do oh, a, uh, a brief retrospective of how great Master Kaku was in Die Ranger. Um, but honestly, I, I just so don't have the energy for it. Today. Great slash awful. Uh, so <laughs> let's take a break. Let's watch a revolt of paper. And I think, Dave, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. So, uh, yeah, if you like the five stars, <laughs> sorry, right. they'll be back next week. If you skip past them we every promise. week anyway, then, you know, Merry Christmas. You don't have to do that this week. <laughs> okay, we're, right. we'll be right back. Let's do this. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 16, Revolt of Paper. Dave, why don't you give us a quick rundown and we'll get into the episode proper, okay? Uh, Yeah, that was... uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was an episode, boy howdy. Uh, okay, so the Jetmen fight an origami monster that can bring drawings to life 
but is maybe foiled by one of his own drawings that he brought to life with the aid of the Jetman. Kinda. Yeah, this is okay. So, this is a weird episode, and it's weird in a very particular way. And it's whenever this happens in Super yeah. Sentai, I always love it because this is an episode where, like, the weirdest thing does not come directly from either, like, Burdonic waves or interdimensional, like, monstrosities. Like, it's a homegrown, like, magical weirdness. I th- maybe sort of there's something a little that. Bit. Yeah, there's something that makes me not sure if that's the case, but let's just, like, we'll get to that when we get to it, man. Let's just, this is, okay, let's just dive into this one. Uh, So, we open with the Jetmen in Sky Camp, and the Chief just says, they're gone. We don't know what. Because, again, uh, they we do never see the beginning or end of any scene ever in this show. So we just right, know like, that something is gone. And then we need to start picking it up from context cues. Yeah. So they <laughs> then someone like pull. I can't remember which of the Jetmen it is. But they pull out some pictures. And basically what it looks like is that key elements of these pictures have been erased. Like the rest of the picture is there and then wherever this thing would be, there's just a white space. So there's a picture of a dude holding a fish and you can see everything else. Just the fish is gone. Right. And I think like there's a couple other pictures, but someone is saying, oh, like nobody knows what's happening, but all of these pictures are disappearing like they're gone nobody knows why and it's like pictures all over the place and some of these pictures are pictures of of, uh, paintings rather by this famous artist who only ever painted pictures of his daughter yeah he's like I mean listen like he's a better painter like because we see the artwork and he's definitely a better painter than I am okay I can't take that away from him but he is hardly yeah, like everybody's freaking the out. The guy's name is show that has to come out every week. Is that like if you need to put in a character who is a famous artist and you need to provide some famous art for him, like it's kind of hard to just like crank that out like as part of your weekly production. Um and so these things like they are paintings, but they are definitely paintings. Uh they uh, are not famous paintings. Yeah, like they're not amazing. Anything outside of the fiction of this show. <laughs> That might be uh, the oh, least believable part about this episode. And let me tell you, there are some very unbelievable things in this episode. Right. So the artist's name is Mabuki. Uh, and again, he only ever painted one thing. This dude is like the Georgia O'Keeffe of his daughter. Uh, it's just, and I like, wish you would have picked paints. a different example because, well, oh, for yeah, obvious reasons. But let's just weird. move on. <laughs> Little little art criticism humor for you there, everybody. Uh, feel good about yourself if you got that joke. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, this they, dude they look in only their, like, cameras that are all over the city, and they see what they think is snow. And then Ryu says, "No, no, no, it can't be snow because snow wouldn't have like triggered our like evil radars." Right, like something else is clearly happening. Also, I was psyched by the way, Matt, to see that the. Jetmen do just have cameras all over the city. I really dug that because what it means 
is that there is like a legitimate explanation as to how the Jetmen always know exactly where to go. It's because they have constant, like, creepy 1984 level surveillance going on uh, of the city in which they live. So that's weird that they do that, but at least it makes sense that they're just like, guys, like, Ryu is over here. Like, everyone get to this spot. Uh, it's not completely random, and I was very happy to see that. It is a nice touch. So uh, we go from there. Like we've, So Ryu has just said, like, clearly something else is happening. We don't know what it is. Uh, and we see a comic book artist, and he's drawing something, and he has, like, finished up his drawing. And then little, like, scraps of paper, like, little, like white confetti, I think is the best way to say it. Yeah, and this white is confetti, what mistakenly identified as snow a moment ago. Right. Is falling onto his page, and he's like, huh, that's weird. Like, at first, he's weirded out. This is something I don't understand. At first, he's weirded out. He's like, what the heck is that? And then he says, oh, it's only paper. As though it makes sense for paper to just be falling from nowhere onto his piece of paper that he's drawing on. But he's somehow okay with this. He leans back. Oh, it's a picture of a dog, by the way. Sorry. So there's a picture of a dog. He's like, oh, it's paper. Like, I guess that's fine for some reason. Uh, And then he leans back. And then when he looks at the paper again, the dog is gone. And then he hears a growling. And he looks over to the side, and there's a real dog, like, of the same sort that he was just drawing, and the dog is growling him, and he freaks out. Okay, and this is great, because this is, like, a big, intimidating, like, I don't know, is it, like, a Doberman or something? I'm not good with yeah, dogs. Yeah, it's something. Like, whatever it is, it's, like, but a it scary is, dog. Like, like you know, it's not a chihuahua or something. Stupid. Exactly. It is an intimidating dog, and so all of a sudden, he is now being attacked by an intimidating dog. And it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Like, the right. paper dimension is going around and turning, like scary dangerous things into like living things so they can attack people right and then so we get the next scene actually Matt, let's let me cut you off for just a second okay i want to i want to jump past this scene just to emphasize the normal stuff that paper it's called it's paper dimension that paper dimension is doing because in the scene after the one that you were about to talk about it's like a giant wall of graffiti and it's dudes in like creepy black like suit robe things and like Jason masks with machetes and there's like 10 of them and Paper Dimension brings those to life and they're like terrorizing the populace so we've got Doberman dog like intimidating dog uh, dudes in black with creepy face masks and machetes and then also <laughs> okay, and also here is the yes. third thing that he decided to weaponize there's a woman in a kitchen and she is kitchen. cooking some dinner <laughs> And all of a sudden, the paper flecks start to fall. And Spaghetti bolognese. They land is what on she's her making. cookbook. Now, you might think that a kitchen is full of, like, you know, like stoves that have fire yeah, and knives that can fly around the room. But what happens is that the plate of spaghetti on the page of her cookbook disappears and then appears in front of her. And she looks at it like, oh, that's weird. Why is there spaghetti? And yeah, then like she freaks it's out. Evil spaghetti. <laughs> the strands of spaghetti reach out from the plate and I think strangle her. That I mean, that's uh, certainly what looks like it's happening. And like, listen, um, like bring a dog to life makes a ton of sense. It can attack you. Uh, bring, bring like ten Jasons to life. To life you. That's some dangerous that makes stuff. Sense. Yeah, that's terrifying. Guys, bring a plate of spaghetti to life, even if it's evil spaghetti. Like, it's food. 
it's like by definite, <laughs> like it's there because it's less intimidating than you are. Like you just eat it. You can't be strangled by spaghetti. <laughs> Although we have seen that noodles can, if evil noodles can control you from the inside. Oh yeah, actually that's a very good point. Um, thank you. Maybe for this is paper dimension just really trying to like ride the coattails of noodle dimension. Uh, maybe. Okay, so anyway, I guess of, what like, I really need to is say what... is that watching a woman get attacked by a plate of spaghetti is hilarious. Uh, oh yeah, if you can somehow find like it's it's around like just look for the episode. It's worth watching. The rest of it isn't like super amazing, but that moment is spectacular. So uh, then we have uh, some test takers. Like, just some kids who were taking a test, and there aren't even any pictures. Just the paper starts floating, and I mean, they freak Like, I would freak out about it if my test just started floating, but they're not actually being attacked. Well, they, like, the paper sticks to their faces, I think. Oh, okay. I must have missed that. I yeah, thought it was just, like, weird. literally floating paper, and it's also weird and because it's out. different than the rest of the stuff the paper dimension has been doing. But I guess it's just, you know, it can do anything it with can, paper. It that, can do, yeah, it can do know, paper stuff. can be done with paper, I guess. I really don't know. The, the dimensional Dude. powers are always exceedingly broad and vague. <laughs> so we go to the Viram dimension, and we see it's Trans Monster. And Maria's like, wow, Tran, like, you really put a lot of work into this one. Like, this is really good. And Tran says, yes, like, humans use paper to enrich their civilization. And, like, they use paper all the time. But it's paper that will be their downfall. Ha, ha, ha. And Radigat is just sitting in the background. And he's, I forget exactly what he says. But he's basically just like, uh, that's stupid and you're stupid. This is uh, stupid what he monster. says you is, do suck. you think the Jetmen are really going to be afraid of a few paper cuts? Yeah, it's like. Dang, Radigat, like, chill out. Which even Gray um, is like, why don't why don't we just watch? <laughs> like, stop right. being a jerk and just actually watch and see if this thing happens. Radigat is just perpetually uh, <laughs> just talking smack on his fellow guys, but not even, like, clever smack. Uh, he's just like, uh, this is dumb and you're dumb. This, this whole thing is dumb. You're dumb. And I, and I think I get why, because I feel as though at this point, Radigat is, like, nominally in charge. And yeah. everyone else is sort of, like, vying for leadership. And so he's, like, really, like, taking every opportunity he can to put them down. Which makes sense. But he's, it's just... you know, it, what it, the end result <laughs> of that is that Radigat looks like a weird petty baby. Right. So we uh, we leave the Viram dimension. We go over to a park, and I think the Jetmen arrive. And someone has left very conveniently. Someone has left a model of a uh, like a jet plane on a park bench, and so the model comes to life. No, it's but, a, it's not I even the model. This. It is it's like a box for a jet airplane model so yeah, there's a picture yeah, yeah, yeah. on it sorry so the picture on the box also i guess there appears. were like five of them because five of these jets show up out of nowhere well i mean if you've got five jets i guess you want to use them all but what i like is that it is a miniature jet like he doesn't turn the picture of a jet into a full-size jet he turns like the tiny picture of a jet into a tiny jet and then we see a Which magazine great, although what's a shame is that that does not translate like that doesn't happen every time because otherwise we would have gotten a tiny little dog and that would have been adorable that would 
That would have been way better if he just attacked by a little. Anyways, um, and then there's another thing I thought was cool. So there's like a magazine left open, and I think it's just for toys, but they're like Godzilla-style toys, but it's just the head. Like the picture is only the head, and so when they come to life, it's just Godzilla heads. Like there's no body, just, yeah. <laughs> just like a floating bust of a Godzilla that breathes fire. Okay, so the Jetmen are being like, you know, dodging these fire blasts. Uh, and then Paper Dimension shows up, and Paper Dimension is a great-looking monster. Yeah, he's super cool, because uh, he is folded. He looks like he's folded out of origami. He's like an origami man. And he has, like, you know those, like, colorful paper streamers that are, like, in rolls? Yeah, like party poppers. Yeah, like, those are, like, hanging from his fingertips, but, like, they're still, like, they're sort of rolled up at the end, and he's using them as, like, whips and to wrap people up. Yeah, it's actually, it's a really cool monster design. I'm pretty into Paper yeah, Dimension. Yeah, like, it, it might be the best one. It's definitely the best one we've seen in a while. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. Because, like, is the sometimes the Jetman monsters seen. are, like, weird and hilarious, but this is, like, a le- just, like, a very cool-looking like, thing. Yeah. So it's uh, Jetman versus Paper Dimension. They're kind of, like, fighting back and forth. Uh, it's not going well for the Jetman. And Paper Dimension is about to launch what is presumably some sort of, like, final attack. But he is stopped in his tracks. He is... We hear ocarina music coming from somewhere. And this, for some reason, stops Paper Dimension, like, mid-swing. Yeah, it, like, freezes him. And he's just heading, standing there with his hand literally, like like a few inches away from Ryu's head about to hit him and not moving. Sort of like shaking back and forth. Yeah. And he looks over and there's a little girl swinging on a swing, playing an ocarina, and she's playing uh, the Blue Bells of Scotland, which is a weird choice. But yeah. it is a, apparently the only song she knows because she will play it throughout the episode. Yeah. And I wouldn't say, like, just to clarify, I don't know that I would categorize this as like a little girl. I'd say she's probably in her like mid to late teens. Oh, do you think? It's not like a little kid. I, I was pecking her at around twelve. Really? Well, whatever. Like it's a like, but the point is, she's not like a little little girl. She's like you know, like kind of vaguely adult sized. Uh, so, so she's playing the blue, but she's on a swing, like in a tree, uh, completely oblivious to everything that's happening around her, and she's playing the bluebells of Scotland on an ocarina, like on a park swing. We cut to the Virum dimension, and Tran is furious. Yeah, understandably so, because, you know, he has, like, no idea what's going on. Uh, And he's like, why don't your powers work on her? Like, your first priority is to kill that woman. Like, whoever she is, like, kill her, because she's standing in the way of you wreaking destruction, I guess, on the world. So what he does, Tran, that is, is he, like, dimensionally shifts over to the park and, like, just throws a rock at the kid and knocks the ocarina out of her hands. Right, and then he, like, does a little, like, shooty finger thing and blows it up. But then, for some... Okay, so the only thing that was stopping Paper Dimension from attacking was this girl playing the ocarina. Tran shows up, deals with the ocarina. Now, instead of continuing his attack, Paper Dimension just, like, does, like, a little shuffle dance backwards and teleports away. 
I mean, I have to assume that the ocarina, like, weakened him, I guess, because that's the only reason that that makes sense. I was going to... Okay, I mean, clearly, like, something else happened, because otherwise... Dude, I don't know. Um, So... Oh, no, no, and then this is where we see the Viram dimension, where, like, Trand is yelling at Paper Dimension and saying, like, your first priority is to kill her. This, that's when this happens. Right. So, we jump back to the park, and the girl is gone. Like, we just see the swing, and it's, like, swinging empty, and the Jetmen are running around looking for her. So, they split up. They're kind of going all over the city looking for this girl. Ryu, Ryu eventually catches up with her. her. She is, like... She's sort of, like, spaced out and has wandered into the street. Yeah, and she's actually, she's about to be hit by a bus, I think. And the bus manages to, like, slam on the brakes, and then Ryu runs and grabs her. And he just kind of lets her go. So she's just, she's, like, she's clearly, like, out of it. She's in some sort of, like, weird daze. She's not obviously very aware of what's happening around her. And she just wanders into an amusement park. And Ryu is just kind of trailing behind her. I think his idea is that he's just kind of watching to see what she's going to do. Like, he gets that there's something weird about her, but he doesn't know what. So he's just going to kind of observe and report here. So the rest of the Jetmen show up, and Ryu sort of, like, stops them from, like, hassling her. And what ends up happening is that she wanders, as you say, through this, like, fair, park, carnival, whatever... And, yeah, it's like an amusement park. And a gets bunch of on and a carousel and is just riding the carousel for a while, I guess, until yeah, it's looking at indeterminate. Her, like I think it's Ryu recognizes that one of the paintings of that artist's daughter was her on like a carousel horse, and he's like, "Oh, that girl was on a carousel horse. This girl is on a carousel horse. Must be the same girl." Obviously. Only one girl has ever been on a carousel. But, of course, it is the one girl. Oh, of course. So, oh, and also, there was a painting of that girl on a swing. And this girl had previously oh, been on a swing. Oh, that's right. With, so, I mean, if she's going to be on a swing and a carousel horse, it's got to be the same girl. So, Ryu was like, oh, okay. Like, he doesn't know why she's all, like, weirded out. But he does recognize, like, this is Mabuki's daughter. Now we find out that Mabuki is uh, an invalid. Like, he's in the hospital. We don't know why. But the rangers just go to visit Mabuki in the hospital, and they bring the girl with them. Okay? Uh, Shizuko is her name. Thank you, Shizuko. So they bring Shizuko with them to the hospital. So the girl is Shizuko, sorry. So Shizuko sees her father, and she's distraught. Like, she's obviously very upset. Like, she kind of walks over and holds his hand. I think she's, like, crying a little bit. And then, uh, yeah. Which, you know, like, makes sense. And then there's a bit where they're talking to the doctors for a second. And then they say, hey, Akko, stay with uh, Shizuko. Like, the rest of us are going to go talk to the doctor about what is going right. on with the artist. Mabuki, you said his name was? I did not write it down. Mabuki, yeah. Okay, so, so they go outside, see them up on the- and they're sitting on this little, like, rooftop terrace that the hospital has, I guess, and yeah. Ryu says, hey, other than his daughter, does he have any relatives? And the doctor says, yeah, like, um, so far as we know, he doesn't have any kids. Which, okay, well, let's check it. First, it was very weird, because he, like, he obviously had a kid, because that's all he ever painted. And then we get a little more explanation, where the doctor says... I, I, clearly what the doctor meant was he doesn't have kids anymore. 
because according to the records, his daughter died two years ago. And we get a little flashback scene of like Mabuki and Shizuko like as, you know, like when times were happier and they were both alive and not in the hospital. And what had happened was there was a car accident and Shizuko died. And this is, we would assume that this is what has put Mabuki in the hospital. It's like he's in the hospital, still recovering from this car accident, and Shizuko has been dead for two years. And then we see sort of like a flashback. Oh, no, wait, no, it's not. He's clearly in the hospital for something else. Because we see him after the accident, like at Shizuko's funeral, saying like, oh, I've lost the will to live. And Maybe that's blah, what blah, blah. it is. Maybe it's that vague, like, I have lost the will to live, and eventually, like, just that is slowly killing it's him. It's just thing. I, dude, I guess that's i mean really that's all the explanation we ever get so we are not going to later come back and like wrap this plot point up just oh yeah yeah, yeah. we never this is never resolved just like be aware of that now so the jetman come back down and mabuki has taken a turn for the worse like he is like he is definitely he's kind of circling the drain right like uh, the nurse but, is calling the doctors it's a big panic they ask where uh, Shizuko went. The nurse says, like, I don't know. She left. You need to go. Like, we're yeah. having hospital problems. So, <laughs> right. So, Shizuko has just wandered away. I don't know what Akko is doing because, like, literally her entire job is just to watch Shizuko. But Akko doesn't know where she is either. So, oh, maybe we- I think Akko had left to go get the rest of the Jetmen because the doc- or the artist was having a bad turn. Oh, okay. Well, I would be making sense. that up to just try to figure out what was happening in this scene, but so far uh, as my I notes will... are concerned, that is what happened. <laughs> Matt, I will grasp at any straw that makes this episode make sense. <laughs> um, okay. So they're back at the they're back at Sky Camp. And they're trying to make they are they, like us, are trying to make sense of what is going on. Right. And so what they come up with is that Shizuko must be immune to Paper Dimension's powers because she was brought to life, not by, like, Viram dimensional magic, but by the love of her father has, like, brought his paintings to life. Yeah. Which is apparently a thing that can happen in the... Jetman universe. Here's, here's what I can't tell is if like she was brought to life entirely by her father's love or if like the weird like Viram dimension stuff that's happening like is like was the catalyst that allowed her to come to life but like there was so much ambient love energy in the air that it didn't happen with Shuzuko the same way that it happened with everything else. And she was, like, independent of uh, Paper Dimension's power? Maybe? Okay, so maybe the Viram invasion dimensional thing is in some way, like, an empowering agent for what might otherwise be like, non-superpowered things? So, like, maybe Mabuki is like a, has, like, a latent mutation that has been activated by this influx of Viram dimensional energy? Dude, I mean, that's listen, at this point alive? we are trying to make sense of this episode by, like, judging the varying power scales of, like, 
paper power versus love power. Um, and I feel like we're not really going to get anywhere satisfying. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. But the point is, is that Shizuko has been brought to life from her father's paintings by her father's love, which the Jetman theorize is why she's immune to Paper Dimension's powers. Okay? Right. Like, so even like, his power, even if it was part of bringing her to life, is not strong enough to overcome the love of her father love or her something. Father. Or something. So they're like, well, where? They're like, well, we don't know where Shizuko is. Where would she be going? And Ryu has like a flash of insight. And he's like, dang, that girl is always playing the ocarina. She's probably trying to get the ocarina. And this is actually really cool. Because what we find out is that Tran did destroy the girl's ocarina. But it was only the ocarina that she had like brought with her out of the painting. It's not the real one. Yeah, and there's a real and, ocarina, like, at her dad's house somewhere that was the one that she was playing in life. Right. So this terrifying paint simulacrum follows the memories of a dead girl back to that girl's father's house and takes the ocarina and, like, she just goes to get it. Okay. Uh, paint dimension, paint dimension, paper dimension arrives to attack the girl she runs. She's like, run, 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 run. She runs through the park, uh, and then she kind of like takes a dive. And the Grinham soldiers are there with Paper Dimension, and they take the ocarina from the girl. All right? Right. Now, at the same time, the Jetmen are searching for the girl. And right. just in time, Ryu shows up to save her from getting, like, killed a second time by the Grinham soldiers. Yes. Uh, there's just like a weird moment, by the way. I just want to point this out. So Ryu arrives on his motorcycle like he does. Uh-huh. That's like how he gets around. And he's got a helmet on. Cool. And the helmet has like a, a, a face shield that can be lowered. And for some reason, as he j- gets off of his bike to attack, he like raises the face shield. It's like, Ryu, you have like a helmet on to protect your head and face. You're about to go into battle. What, like, why would you remove a piece of armor directly before going into battle? Uh, it's really neither here nor there. It was just, like, a really weird thing that he did that I wanted. I mean, listen, Dave, about. if he was concerned about, like, having a helmet on for protection purposes, uh, he would I just cross-change and wear yeah, his, like, sense. you know, Jetman helmet. Okay, I am actually increasingly coming to believe that the power of five extends beyond just the Jetman, like, uh like be working better together. I almost it almost seems to me as though they can't cross change unless they're all five there. Yeah, but because like there's I, tons of situations where you would look and be like, why aren't you just cross change? Like there's the Grinham soldiers, there's paper dimension, there's the girl you're trying to save, just superhero out, bro. Uh but he doesn't Yeah, but he I mean he does later the in other, the episode cross change by himself. Yeah. Like he shows up cross changed and then everyone else cross changes with him. Like that is a that is oh, a fun true. theory, but I don't think it holds up. Okay, I want to look into this further. But anyways, so uh, Ryu arrives and he like is fighting with Paper Dimension. Paper Dimension is definitely getting the better of him. Uh, this is incredible. At one point, Paper Dimension kind of grabs him with his like energy party streamers and kind of throws him across the room, across the park, I guess. Ryu hits a stone statue, like is thrown into it shatters the stone statue and then kind of like rolls and gets back up. 
Uh, if you're Which curious, it is not like... an Easter Island statue. It is, in fact, a copy of The Thinker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um... I know you probably assumed it was just going to be another Easter Island statue. But, uh, it's not. you know, I guess they, you know, decided to change things up this week. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of makes me wonder, like, just how durable slash super strong the Jetmen are when or, they're not cross-chained. Or just how terrible was that stone. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just really bad stone. Although that would in, also in about, like, I don't work. know, 30 seconds, Ryu is also going to get thrown straight through a park bench. That somehow is more okay with me than the stone giant stone statue uh but at this point so oh yeah so he does get thrown through a bench and then the other jetmen arrive and uh you know they they kind of save the girl and ryu is like okay cool you guys take care of this i'm gonna get this girl back to the hospital with her ocarina yeah guy has rescued the ocarina from the uh grim soldiers and has tossed it back to ryu so now ryu and shizuko are back on their way to the hospital Okay, I just, I got I got something to say about this, man. Okay, go for it. Okay, so first of all, like, first things first, how is it that the Jetmen are, like, 100% fine with the fact that this girl is, like, a bizarre, like, paint homunculus that has been brought to life somehow? Like, they just, like, you know, it's, they it, really... It, it, it is a very valid question. <laughs> This is the incredible thing. Like, they realize that this is the case. They're like, oh, this must be the case. And then they are immediately 100% fine with it. Yeah, like, Uh, we need to keep this paint monster alive forever. Right! Because, like, they treat her as though she is the actual living human being instead of, like, a vaguely unsettling, like, paint Frankenstein. Uh, The second thing I want to ask is... Why is it that getting this girl to the hospital is, like, the priority? Okay, now, this is in my notes, and I actually really like this, because, like, like, he is going back to the hospital with the girl and the ocarina, because the artist really, like, he lost the will to live, and he really wants to hear his daughter play the ocarina just one more time, and he's, like, on death's door. And so the reason they're going back is so that she can play the ocarina and, like, buoy his spirit so he'll recover. Now, this has nothing to do with fighting Paper Dimension at all. It's just some artist who, halfway through the episode, they run across and realize he's in a bind and, like, about to die. And they are going, like, super out of their way to just save some dude because it's the right thing to do. Like, it has nothing to do with the fight, but I really like that they made that their priority. Okay, I dig that, and it does make a lot of sense. Here's my only problem, is they have demonstrable evidence that this girl playing the ocarina, like, for whatever reason, is enough to just, like, stop Paint Dimension in his tracks. Paper Dimension. So why don't they just be like, hey, Shizuko, why don't you get down on that ocarina? We'll take care of Paint Dimension, like, lickety split, and then we'll get you back to your dad. While not endangering the rest of the city slash possibly world. Hey, man, their hearts are in the right place. Their priorities might not be, but their hearts are. And I think that's very important in a show like this. <laughs> it is. No, I get it. Like, it is. It's very cool of them to do that they're, like, trying to take care of this guy. I just, maybe they could have thought it out a little bit better. Okay. So, 
they get her back to the hospital, or Ryu gets she's go back to the hospital. Uh, she plays the Bluebells of Scotland for her dad, and then I, it seems like he dies. Like that's very much the impression that we get. I think we find out later that he didn't die; that he's actually doing better. But it super duper looked like this dude just like breathed his last. Well, okay, uh, that, that is a interpretation of what happened. I think what we, what we are meant to understand is that he was sort of, like, writhing in pain, and then when he heard that, it, like, soothed him, and he was able to, like, comfortably sleep. Oh, Not that he yeah. was able to, like, shuff off this mortal coil. <laughs> Listen, man, they said that, like, he's doing really badly, the doctor was there, he's, like, mumbling for the Ankarina. I thought, no, your version is much nicer. And also, uh, later in the episode, that dude is totally alive, so... Yeah, we find, like I said, we find that out later. So... <laughs> Having played the Bluebells of Scotland, Akarita style for her dad, the Jetman Ryu brings Shizuko back. No, 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 he doesn't. He leaves her there. Oh, he no, leaves that's her at the right. hospital. He like cross changes, heads back to the fight to help the other four. When he arrives, they all cross change, and then like it's fight time. Yeah, and they uh, are Tran winning. Arrives. Like they are right about to beat Paper Dimension. And I cannot stress oh, this enough, right. Dave. It is Paper Dimension, not Paint Dimension. Which you have said, I think, every time for the last five minutes. Not every time. <laughs> but yeah, it is paper dimension. I will sorry. remind you that this is on the record. You can listen to this episode later. <laughs> uh, I may or may not do that. Uh, so, Tran kind of fades in out of nowhere and he says, Wait, Ranger, Jetman, whatever, if you destroy paper dimension, Shizuko will die. Because I guess, like, it is only his power, like, via sort of in some way his power that she is, like, continuing to exist. Again, this for some reason gives the Jetmen pause, forgetting, I guess, that she is, like, a, a weird paint creature uh, that just has the shape of, uh, of a pleasant girl. So, the shape and some of the memories. Like, and it's not some entirely of the like of. a zombie creature, but it is yeah. not a human being. It is definitely 100% not a human being. And so, so. okay, so they <laughs> then start losing the fight because they don't want to let uh, Shizuko 2, as I guess we should probably start calling her, die, yeah. right? Shizuko 2, yeah. And so, you know, there's a couple more minutes of the fight where, you know, Paper Dimension is mopping the floor with them, and then all of a sudden... It's the Bluebells of Scotland, and Shizuka was right. back. Yeah, so she has somehow made her way to the fight, and she is playing the Bluebells of Scotland, which is stopping Paper Dimension from attacking the Rangers, or the Jetmen. So then, Paper Dimension just, like, he just has a machine gun hand, and he just shoots her. Yeah, like, Ryu had tried to tell her, like, no, you need to leave. Like, this is a dangerous place for you to be. She keeps walking into the fight, and then she just gets shot to death. Yeah, it's not even, like, so this is what I don't understand. Like, it was this whole big thing, like, oh, you've got to, like, get the girl and, like, do the thing. And he could have shot her, like, at any number of points. So I really assumed that it was some sort of, like, special thing that he would that paper dimension would have to do to like take her out because she has like weird powers that can like affect him and like blah 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 turns out no he just shot her with his machine gun hand so 
And then, as it turns out, the Jetmen don't actually need her playing the ocarina to win because they get very angry at the fact that he has just murdered a little girl or, you know, murdered what looks like a little girl right in front of them. And so they just beat him. Like, Ryu by himself basically beats him. Uh, There's a really (laughs) cool moment where, like, he, like, Paper Dimension whips him and captures him with the, uh, the streamer fingers is Mm -hmm. like beginning to swing him around and then in mid swing Ryu pulls out his gun shoots him a few times gets loose of the streamers like does a rebound jump off of a tree and hits him with the sword it was great it was a it was just a fun fight sequence moment uh they call the jet striker and just shoot him with a bazooka and that's the fight right well it's it's okay Okay, that's that's like stage of the fight right that's that stage of the fight so they shoot, uh, you know, they shoot Paper Dimension, right? And he goes giant, like you do. And, the, you know, like, he goes giant, they summon Jet Icarus, like, and then the fight is joined, right? Right. So their first shot is to summon the Jet Dagger. Which I guess, like, all of the other weapons I understand, like, you would have a hammer, you would have a mace, you'd have, a, like, a spear. Those are all separate things. The jet dagger, when they're not th- using it as, a, like, a huge throwing knife that's, like, the size of a van, like, it's just a crappy version of the Perdonic Saber. I don't know why they yeah, use Yeah, I really it. don't know why that was their opening thing. So they pull uh, it, and they're going to attack Paper Dimension, but Paper Dimension starts, like, teleporting, like, yeah, right before they hit him. Yeah, he can teleport. Oh, also, this is crazy. Sorry. When he goes giant, and I don't think we've ever seen this before, but I did think it was neat, that Paper Dimension actually changes form when he goes giant. Like, he just doesn't get giant. Uh, Like, one of the folds in his, like, origami head opens up, and he's got, like, crazy teeth in there and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. And so so he also gains the ability to just, like, combat teleport. So he is teleporting around. And, and and the way they the, stop him from doing this is weird. Like, they summon the Burdonic Saber, and then they yeah. just hold it up in the air, and a bunch of electricity shoots out of it, and it, like, zaps him out of his, like, invisible teleporting phase until Zone. he's stunned. And then, I mean, they've already got and the Burdonic Saber Burdonic's out, so... Yeah, I have no idea. They're just like, we'll make him come out with the Bradonic Saber. Uh, as though that's like a really clearly established ability that the Bradonic Saber has. Uh, but it, it, whatever, it works. But in any case, it and works. So, so that's what's important. Yeah, so Paper Dimension gets Bradonic Saber. And then we cut away back to the gallery where we see people like looking really thoughtfully at Mabuki's paintings. Except that now, like, Shizuko's back in the paintings, but she yeah. looks happier. Well, there, there's, like, a question. One of the people's like, does she look happier? I think she does. And then Ryu is behind them, and, like, he has the ocarina, and is just like, yeah. Like, he doesn't say anything, but he just gives us, like, a smile. Like, all right. I think we get, like, a little internal cool. monologue, like... Hey, Shizuki, like, your dad is okay and he's feeling happier now. Oh, that's right. And so then, he's talking and he has the ocarina him. with him. And then he just puts the ocarina in his pocket. Don't yeah. you think he would have given that back to Mabuki at some point? Well, maybe he's like, no, we know that he's not. He's already seen Mabuki because he knows that he's doing better. 
It's like, hey, um, yeah. a, like a paper simulacrum of your daughter appeared and like took this thing from your house, then saved you and then got shot by a paper monster. Uh, I'm just going to hang on to it. This is like yeah, a fun memento is, uh, for me for episode 16. <laughs> this is going in the souvenir curio cabinet. Like, what? No, that thing was really important to my daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah jet, we'll see I'm ya. a Jetman, though. I am a Jetman, so I am going to... I'll see you later. It'll be fun. I'm just going to go ahead and commandeer this ocarina. <laughs> anyway, so that's it. <laughs> right, man. That's the episode. Well, that's, that's Revolt that of Paper. That is the end of this weird episode. Dave, what is your high point? Uh, I think my high point has actually got to be Paper Dimension himself. It was just, it was a really cool monster. I loved, like, the sort of look of being folded out of origami. I liked his, like, paper streamer energy fingers. The whole thing was just a really cool monster idea. Uh, how about you, man? What was your high point of the episode? Well, my high point is... Okay, listen, this is probably going to be one or both of our low points as well. But my high point this week is, like, the weird existence of Shizuko and how she was, like, brought back by love and the evil power of the paper dimension, like, could bring her back to life but couldn't make her evil. Like, listen, is it cheesy? Yes, of course it's cheesy. Uh, does it make much sense? No, it makes almost no sense. But virtually none. Uh, I do really like it. It's it's it is the thing that makes this episode stand out, and I thought it was really cool. Right on. So, what is uh, what's your low point? My low point is not actually that she exists or that she like can't be brought to, you know, she can't be made evil. My low point is the fact that the rangers are just like, despite the fact that they're fighting a monster that operates by bringing paper simulacrums to life, are 100% fine and not weirded out or mistrustful at all of, of, of Shizuko 2, of Shizu 2. Like, she's a weird paint homunculus, and they're just totally cool with it. With zero explanation. And it was just very weird to me that, that they're just like, oh, yeah, I know we're fighting paint, like picture monsters, but this picture monster, she's all right. Uh, without any sort of discussion. Hey, so man, that she's was a my little girl. Point. If you can't, if you in a Super Sentai show cannot trust a little girl, then uh, I don't know what's happening. You can't always <laughs> trust little boys, but I, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of a Super Sentai show where you can't trust a little girl. Okay, uh, how about you, man? What was your low point of the episode? Uh, my low point of the episode is that the episode basically falls apart, like, right at the end. Because the whole thing seems to have, like, an internal logic to it, right? Like, Shizuko has the ocarina, and that can, like, stun Paper Dimension. Um, and that's, like, the whole thing that the episode is built on. But as soon as Shizuko, like, plays the ocarina for her dad and comes back to the fight, all of that falls apart, like... She is no longer effectively studying Paper Dimension. They don't need her to beat him. Like, everything yeah. that they had put together up to that point becomes completely meaningless. And it just becomes a standard, like, now it is time to shoot you Fighty. with the bazooka. And yeah, the it was kind of weird. And it was a fun fight, but, like, it didn't take advantage of what they had built before that. Uh, so that is my yeah. not funny, but actual criticism of this episode. <laughs> just a legit, like, hmm... I'm not sure about this one, Jetman. So I think that's it from us. Yeah, uh, man, I thought we were going to not talk as much this week because uh, we had skipped the opening, but we this is still 
We, you know, we're good. We still put our diamond. We're good. <laughs> you are getting your no money's worth, listeners. <laughs> but do we have anything else to say? No, man. Uh, I'm I'm sorted. Okay. Uh, then that is going to do it for another episode of the Jetman with a Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, if you want to check out the things we mentioned on the show, uh, we're at Twitter. I'm sorry. We're on Twitter at Super Sentai Bros. <laughs> they want to have extra ats in there. Uh, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. And this is the, I think, last episode of the year, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we'll hit New Year's between now so and happy, then. So uh, happy I hope year. you had a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. We will see you in 2016. Uh, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>